Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, where Inside Carolina members get 10% off their everyday online orders. Get ready for another edition of Inside Carolina Radio. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I'm joined by Don Callahan, Jason Staples. Talk a little North Carolina football, and of course with Don, North Carolina football recruiting. And Don, let's get to it. Earlier in the week, North Carolina received a commitment from Peyton Wilson out of Orange High School. Certainly a name Chapel Hillians should be used to and, and a name that North Carolina football fans will definitely get used to in the coming years. Your take on what his commitment means for North Carolina. Well, I think it was important first and foremost because it's a kid who's literally in North Carolina's backyard. He He plays in the same county that UNC is located in. So even if you have national powers like Alabama, Ohio State, Virginia Tech, Georgia, Penn State, and so on and so forth coming in, it would have been really, I guess, um, deflating if North Carolina would have lost a kid who is walking distance from campus. You know, he also has some ties to UNC as far as uh, he's some sort of distant cousin to Jonah Melton, has known the Melton family for a long time. Um, Melton, of course, is UNC's early enrollee. So uh, his brother signed to play baseball at UNC, but ended up choosing the, the pro route and, and currently playing in the Braves minor league system. So it's actually obviously important to keep a, a four-star no matter what, but a guy that close to campus with so many ties is, is even more important. Jason, I know you'll have some interesting details about Wilson and his play and his playing style in just a second. But first, first, let me ask you this. As a guy that um, is on top of North Carolina football as well as Florida State football, how important is it for North Carolina to keep these guys home? They always talk about building a fence around the state or whatever. Uh, when it's in your own county, it has to happen. So talk about that importance. Don mentioned keeping a kid in, his backyard, in North Carolina's backyard there, but seriously – that is something that North Carolina's got to do to be a successful program, don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's even more important for a program that is sort of on the on the outside of the very elites, right? I mean, if, if Alabama doesn't get a kid from Tuscaloosa, well, <laughs> they're going to get a, a five-star kid from somewhere else to fill a spot. But if you're North Carolina and you got a kid that grows up walking distance from campus that is a – borderline five-star five-star prospect that's your chance to get one of those elite guys and when that guy doesn't come then you know when when you're a program in that tier you know basically the tier below say Alabama Ohio State and you could probably toss Florida State and a couple others in that tier that can kind of recruit nationally and 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 they're going to get their their average four-star you know their their average recruit is a four-star at the end of the day those programs can, can afford that. But programs where you're not averaging a four-star all the time, it really, really matters to get to get the, the difference-maker recruits that really should be going to your school. And Wilson's one of those guys. And, and this is one of those things, you know, on the, uh, the premium message board on Inside Carolina, one of the things that I've, I've addressed over the last couple of years is, is some of the questions about how far North Carolina is away from really being able to compete – on a consistent basis with your Florida States and your Clemsons in the conference and to be able to really compete for titles. And and that's different from being able to upset, say, a Florida State or a Clemson or whatever, which, you know, they 
North Carolina's been in the ball game. They beat Florida State last year. They were in the ball game with with uh, with Clemson a couple of years ago, but doing that versus the kind of consistent excellence to year in year out be on the you know be on the same playing field over the course of a twelve game season with those programs. That's really what the question's been about. And one of my answers has been: in order to get there, you have to start getting the kind of difference maker recruits, particularly on the defensive side of the ball that those programs bring in. And you look at like a Christian Wilkins and, you know, some of those, some of those type players that, that Clemson has at this point that made the difference against Alabama, you know, obviously uh, uh, Deshaun Watson having, having, you know, one of the top college quarterbacks in recent memory also helped, but you've got to have those kinds of guys on defense in order to play at a championship level. And in my view, Peyton Wilson is one of those type guys who can be a difference maker on the defensive side and can be that kind of player that is a a bell cow for you know three, four years on your defense that that you actually have to scheme around. You have to know where that guy is. And that changes what you can do defensively when you've got those guys and and your Clemsons and your Florida States have those guys. When one of those guys is right off campus, you you have to land that guy in order in order to to turn the program where you want him to go, where, where you want it to go. I'll come back to you in a second with that follow up question. But Don, what have you seen from this guy evaluating him and what he brings? He's got a senior year of football to play in high school, but what does he what has he shown thus far in his high school career that opened your eyes a little bit to how good he could be? Well, I think his uh, former head coach said it best, or I, I actually, I just like this quote a whole lot. His coach actually retired this past offseason, and he described him as a rubber band that's always wound tight. And if you watch his film, I mean, he's just always going, you know, 125 miles per hour right to the ball. And if that means running over a blocker to the ball, he'll do that. If that means knocking the snot out of a ball carrier, he'll do that. He's a big kid, but he's also athletic. We talked about earlier just the, you know, how he also returned punts. I think he had like a handful of punts that he returned for touchdowns. Including one against us. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, he plays running back where he had several really long runs where it wasn't just straight like, um, you know, a three-yard you know, goal line sort of stand. It was, you know, a 75-yard run where he's, you know, sidestepping defenders, running over guys, you know, taking on blocks, that sort of thing. So, I mean, he's he's a, he's a he's a football player. I mean, that's that's the best way to put it. But I mean, he's the type of player that you definitely want on your football team. Jason, he wasn't on your football team this past fall. Talk about what you <laughs> had to do to, to yeah, what you had to do to deal with him out there between the lines. Yeah, well, I mean, we we didn't really try to scheme around him. Maybe we should have. I mean, we lost that game. Um, and in part because we because we struggled to run the football on them. We didn't try to scheme around him so much, but we did have some serious problems blocking him up front. Uh, he was able to to spy our quarterback some. I mean, we had uh, I was coaching at Southern Durham last year, as as you know, and we had a we had a quarterback who ran a, a four five, you know, and was a was a a passing quarterback who ran a four five. So he was one of those guys that we we did some RPO stuff with. We did some stuff where. We'd drop him back, and, and it was one of those where if the play is not there, go ahead and, and take off and run. And, you know, go, go and uh, I, listeners to this, to this show, go to the huddle profile for Peyton Wilson 
and look up the video for last year's Southern Durham game, and you see a lot of what makes this kid special. And, you know, you can go back to the year before I was there as well uh, with that. But, you know, you can see uh, Jalen Green, our quarterback, who is, I mean, like I said, a really, really good athlete at quarterback. He's breaking outside the pocket, breaking out for what against just about every other team would have been a probably 15, 20-yard run, if not longer. And Wilson's like a heat-seeking missile. I mean, the guy just fights through traffic, fights through a, a quick block, and it's about a half a yard gain instead of 15 or 20. I mean, that stuff makes a huge difference. And partly because he's got length, he's probably a legit 6'3". Um, it might be 6'4". He's got some length, and he, run, he runs about 4'5 as well. So you're looking at his ability to mirror and shadow. Our, our quarterback was one thing. We also made a living throwing the football over the middle. And at linebacker, he, he gave us some trouble with his length. We weren't able to, to get some of the passing windows we did. I remember one play last year, we had a seam route. Quarterback made a pretty good throw. And Wilson made one of those like laid out to get a hand on the ball where it's one of those like, wow, I cannot believe that guy from where he was when the ball was thrown got, was able to get a hand on that football. So, you know, it's, it's the athleticism stood out. Like I said, he returned a punt against us for a touchdown, uh, laid out to, you know, stretch the ball over the, over the, uh, uh, over the goal line on that one. Uh, but this is about a th- probably 60 yard punt return. Uh, and he had another like 45 or 50 yard punt return where he stepped out of bounds just short of the, uh, of the goal line that also did that. And that was a low scoring game. I mean, we, those two punt returns really, really put us out. I mean, those, those two punt returns, uh, change the game and and uh and he was a big factor in why we did not win that game on both on defense and special teams so you know you're looking at a guy that that i mean how many linebackers even at the i mean at the at the high school level are the kind of athlete that you want that guy to be your punt returner and this is a guy that you know he's got the capacity to be an edge rusher at the next level i mean you can on third down he could he could be an edge rusher uh but i think he's got the ability to be a coverage a coverage guy as well so, you know, you, you can move him around and do some stuff with him because he's smart uh, and he's got all that athleticism and that length. You know, I think even even projecting to the next level, I mean, I think this kid's probably a kid that you expect to be one of those guys that winds up getting drafted down the line. He's got he's got that capacity. So you're already looking at how he would project into into that stuff. I mean, he's he's a he's that kind of player. North Carolina has not had a player like that at linebacker really since the days of Bruce Carter and, and that group. And you're looking at that kind of difference maker at the second level and in, in the kind of defense that Carolina plays, that, that's just a massive thing. Yeah, that's a must to have the way North Carolina plays defense. Don, he's listed at 6'4", 225 or so. We know those high school weights and heights tend to be a little different. But how does <laughs> North Carolina's staff, if you know and if or if you've gathered, how, how do they foresee him sort of growing into his body? I mean – He's a junior in high school now, so he's 16, 17 years old. He's got a lot of growing left to do. Your take on where he may end up when he gets to North Carolina. Well, they project him to play a very similar type of role as Casey Collins. You know, a couple of sources I spoke to actually compared the two. You know, a guy who obviously, you know, as as Jason alluded to, because of his length, can can eat up a lot of space, but also can just you know, attack the line and uh, and make a tackle. You know, he's he's a kid who will definitely contribute on special teams. Probably won't return punts in college, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's out there in some capacity on special teams, whether it be on the kickoff team or uh, on on the on the punt team. 
John, I'll stay with you. Let's move off Wilson and talk about Diami Brown. He's another commitment North Carolina got in the last couple of weeks, certainly on the off- offensive side of the ball. Talk about what he brings and a little bit about his commitment. And for those that haven't read the commitment Q&A that's on Inside Carolina's website, you need to check it out. And then the corresponding thread on the message board, certainly plenty of discussion. But, Don, your take on this kid. Well, I mean, he's another one that North Carolina had to fend off a lot of uh, of the powers, um, you know, the the blue bloods. He had Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Virginia Tech, where all all had offered. He visited all those schools. He's One of those is not like the others, by the way. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, but well, you know, Virginia Tech though was probably the strongest contender for him in, in this instance, though, and he, and probably even with with Peyton Wilson. I mean, I, I think with, with both of these guys. If they had to pick a uh, number two, I think Virginia Tech would have probably been number two for both of them. And I know that for a fact with, with Diami just talking to his coaches. You know, he, he's obviously a little bit further away, but he's in the Queen City, which is a, um, an area that North Carolina definitely has made a priority in, as far as recruiting. You know, co- Coach Gunnar Brewer got, did a good job of establishing a relationship with both him, his parents, even his brother who has an offer who's probably going to be a top recruit in the 2019 class and uh, I mean he's a guy that is probably more of an athlete than anything else I think I'm leaning towards now wide receiver but you know if you would ask me position wise a year ago where I saw him fitting in at I probably would have said safety you know he he's a guy that I mean he's just athletic long he's not as uh, he needs to he needs to bulk up some but he's very athletic Good hands, good ball skills, um, great speed. You know, has a great. Long he's stronger speed. than his body might. He's stronger than his body might look too. By the way, I th- he's yes. one of those wiry guys, really strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. He looks like a track guy, but he actually yeah. is surprisingly elusive. You know, he's not just a straight line guy. But obviously, I mean, if you give him, you know, just you know, the open field, I mean, he's going to he's going to take it to the house for sure. Jason, your take, your final take on what it means for North Carolina to get recruits like Wilson and Brown. Over the years, one one of the things that I've heard Jimbo Fisher say uh, when he took over at Florida State and some of the and and uh, and over the last few years since uh, is he's talked about how when you're building to become an elite program, before you become an elite program, before you can kind of pick and choose what kind what what guys you get, a lot of times you have to make sacrifices in. You know, you have to, you have to choose what traits you want. So if you want a guy that's really got great speed, sometimes you have to take the guy that's a little shorter, maybe not as long, maybe doesn't have quite as much size. Sometimes, you know, you, if you want the guy that's a space eater, the guy that brings some size and length, maybe you sacrifice a little bit of a little bit of uh, of athleticism in some other areas. You sacrifice maybe uh, some lateral quickness or whatever. And he said, but the difference is, once you once you establish yourself as an elite. Once you establish yourself as one of those very top programs, you stop having to make those sacrifices. You stop saying, well, he doesn't really fit our ideal, but you know, he's got these traits that, that put him over the top and, and we need to take him because of that. And he said, you know, that's the difference between the, the true blue bloods that are as a recruiter. That's the difference between your, your elites and Alabama's, of course, been at that level for a long time. You know, Florida State and Clemson are getting there in terms of that. Uh, Ohio State's probably there at this point. He said the team, the guy, the places that you don't have to sacrifice, that's when you know you're hitting it. When, when you got a guy that, ha, that ticks all the boxes. One of the things that I'm, I, I think is, is worth noting about both of these prospects, Wilson in particular, 
is he ticks all the boxes. There's nothing like when you look at Peyton Wilson, there's nothing that there's not a box that you don't check off when you say, okay, what, what do you look for, say, in a linebacker to fill that will role that Casey Collins has been playing or, or you know, maybe even you know, move down into an edge rusher role in certain cases or whatever. But I, again, I think he's going to be more of a linebacker. Well, OK, you want, you know, somebody that's got some size, some good length. You want, you know, somebody say six, three or above check. You want somebody that's got some got some weight to him and, and has some has strong hips, uh, you know, good squat, power clean type numbers, explosive in that sense, you know, is, is a load check. You got somebody who's who can run sideline to sideline, runs well. Well, the kid ran a four five seven, I think it was electronically at the U.S. Army Combine. Check. You got a guy. You want a guy that that can that can turn his hips and laterally move. Check. Although that's probably his weakest area at this point. He can still get a little better there, but it's still a check. All of the you know, and then you want a guy that's a, a good student that that's going to study hard both in the classroom and in the film room. Check. You know, you, you start looking down the line and you go, this is a guy that checks all the boxes. You're not sacrificing to get a guy that, you know, maybe is a little, you, you look at a couple of the guys on the, on, on the current defense and it's like, well, the top programs weren't recruiting that guy because maybe he was just a little bit shorter than their, than their standards or the top programs weren't recruiting that guy because maybe he was just a, a half step slower than what their standards were. So they passed these two guys, those programs weren't passing on these guys because of any traits right? Wilson's got that. He's, he's, he's checking all the boxes. Your Alabama's Clemson's Florida States, Ohio States, all, all those programs want that guy because he checks all their boxes. Deami Brown, six, two, you know, he's probably, in, you know, he's listed at 180, but he's probably a little less than that, but you know, good size, very good length for whatever position he winds up at sub four, five, 10, 700 meters. Good agility. You're not missing any boxes on these guys. That's when you're starting to make a move up. When you start getting more of those kinds of players. So I thought that was worth mentioning because they're now a few of these guys that they've added early in this class are are that. And and that's one of the things that you should look at when you're evaluating recruiting as as a, as a Carolina fan is okay. What how many boxes does this guy check to be you know close to the ideal? And where are where are they maybe sacrificing versus a Clemson? And with these guys, nothing. So worth noting. So let's shift gears a little bit. And Jason, we talked about the draft last week. And now it's passed. And North Carolina did pretty well in it. So your take on that, Don, I'll come with you with the recruiting version of that. But your your take on the momentum North Carolina football can get out of that draft that they had, Jason. I I actually, I think Carolina obviously benefited a bunch from the attention on, um, on Trubisky. I think it's unfortunate that the Bears traded up the way that they did with you know all the criticism of how much they gave up, because to some extent I think that sapped a little bit of the of the of the attention that could that that could have been been gained by that uh, by him being the second second selection in the draft, instead of oh wow you know went went number two you know high draft pick they obviously think a lot of him. It wound up the, the the sort of narrative wound up being well the Bears gave up too much for him which is unfortunate but I think still the the main thing is he went to an organization that really thinks he can be their franchise and is going to build around him and that's that's huge and if he's able to have some early success there you know within the next couple of years then that's gonna that's gonna be a feather in the Carolina Carolina cap but I think that looking at where the wide receivers went they each went to situations where they're going to be able to contribute probably early. And, and on special teams and other things. And with where they went, again, you got 
you've got recruiting leverage to to benefit from that. I'm not sure that anyone any any of the others really did more than anything we talked about on the last podcast and I don't want to repeat myself too much from that in terms of yeah, you can use these things as, you know, recruiting pitches of, you know, we put guys like this in the NFL. Look at all these guys that we put in the NFL. Defensively, you know, there's a little bit room a little bit of room left to left to get there, but I think the draft went more or less as we expected. If anything, maybe TJ Logan went a little earlier than 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 we thought. Uh, Mac Collins and 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 Ryan Switzer went right about right around where we thought. So you know, I think basically the draft went as expected, more or less. Don, your take on that, and also tell us a little bit about uh, the coverage we can expect football recruiting coming up. I know you've been busy and will continue to stay busy over the next few months. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with everything that Jason said. I mean, I think. Obviously, it, it certainly doesn't hurt, and I think the buzz around uh, Trubisky, I think just kind of you know, you're seeing him on NFL Network, seeing him on ESPN, and seeing that Carolina Blue obviously is only going to help UNC with recruiting, particularly with, with quarterbacks. So far, it hasn't paid dividends, with at least with this class it hasn't. With quarterbacks, I'm talking There's about. There's always a delay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think some of that, too, you want to get a little bit more um, – uh, a couple of years. You don't want to have just have one year where you have a guy drafted, you know, number you know, number two. You want to have a couple of years where you have a, a bunch of guys drafted in the first round to kind of use that. Um, obviously, they'll still use it regardless. But as far as my coverage, this weekend uh, is the Nike camp in Charlotte. And as I mentioned earlier, Charlotte is a, a big recruiting area for UNC. So there'll be a lot of major UNC recruits at the Nike camp, so I'll be there at the Nike camp. Uh, probably a, a few dozen UNC targets from multiple classes will be there. So I'll have uh, reports on, on all of them, video, you know, all that sort of stuff, recruiting updates, whatever you expect we'll have from that camp. Good stuff, guys. Jason, it's been good to have you. Don, it's been good to have you. It's been even better to have you both. I think it's the first podcast <laughs> that we've done together, the three of us. We miss Buck. Don, I know you do. but I really miss Buck. We will uh, get him on soon enough, but that's going to do it for this show. Guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Inside Carolina Radio, brought to you by johnnytshirt.com, where Inside Carolina members get 10% off their everyday online orders. We'll talk to you again soon.